Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the Wednesday, February 22nd reading of the Conscious Living Program. My name is Rebecca Friedman. Today, we'll be looking at some main articles from Mindful.org, the people who put out Mindful Magazine, as well as something from The Greater Good and The Good News Network. Our first story from Mindful, Healthy Mind, Healthy Life, How to Recognize Your Capacity to Love. Loving kindness is not a mystical quality reserved for sages and saints. In fact, you likely already experience it often. With practice, you can learn to recognize loving kindness in yourself and others. By Diana Winston and Susan Smalley, December 21st, 2022. Compassion. One of the most disturbing aspects of contemporary U.S. culture is the degree to which self-hatred runs rampant. Nearly everyone I encounter expresses some amount of personal dissatisfaction and harbors a ruthless critic within who compares them to others and judges everyone they meet. I even once read an interview with Meryl Streep in which she confessed to believing she couldn't act. Unfortunately, most people have been conditioned by cultural norms, family, media, and a host of other influences to feel inadequate and unworthy. Keep in mind that sometimes your thoughts tell you important and useful information about yourself. For instance, you might think, hmm, I really should get out and exercise. That kind of voice is not the problem. Usually, however, there are other negative voices attaching a huge amount of judgment to such thoughts. I'm lazy, I'm ugly, I'm bad, and so on. Learning to be less susceptible to these negative voices and cultivating loving kindness for yourself does not mean ignoring the wisdom that comes from seeing yourself clearly. What is loving kindness? Loving kindness is truly not that hard to experience. Contrary to what you might think, it is not a mystical quality reserved for sages and saints. Loving kindness spontaneously arises in many of us quite frequently throughout our lives. Right now, bring to mind someone you love, someone with whom you don't have a very complicated relationship. Your ex-partner is not the best choice for this exercise. If you cannot think of someone, think of your favorite pet, a dog, a cat, or other animal. Babies also work well for this exercise. As you imagine, sense, or feel this being in front of you, Check into your body and notice what you are feeling. When I offer this exercise, people tend to report a warm feeling in their chests, a smile on their lips, some relaxation, and perhaps an expansive quality in the body. What are you feeling? The feeling that arises doing this exercise is exactly what I have been referring to as loving kindness, the natural wish for another to be happy. The feeling may be accompanied by thoughts and a set of bodily sensations, but when you feel it, you recognize it. Further, you can cultivate, deepen, and expand this lovely quality that arises in your mind. So first, learn to acknowledge the goodness that is already present. Second, 
learn to deliberately cultivate it more and more so that it can increase within your heart and mind. Third, let it become who you are, even if that's still down the road a bit. Step one, recognizing loving kindness. Once you become conscious of loving kindness, you can recognize when it is present in your life, which may be more frequently than you would expect. I have noticed how often people tend to not notice their generous or kind feelings. I believe it is important to take a moment to acknowledge when we have kind thoughts, say kind words, or engage in kind actions. It is valuable to see that you already have feelings of loving kindness and to appreciate yourself for your innate capacity to love and experience compassion. The more you recognize this capacity, the more it will grow and eventually become a state of mind to which you return. Those who tend toward depression or self-criticism are especially likely to ignore or miss their own kind, loving, and generous moments. The more you are able to acknowledge their daily occurrence, the more evidence you accumulate that your innate loving kindness is the antidote to the part of you that feels sad, hopeless, or inadequate. Perhaps for a day, just count the number of times you feel compassion, empathy, love, or kindness for another being, whether that being is a plant, an animal, a human, or yourself, regardless of whether or not you act on such feelings. Step two, practice loving kindness. Ultimately, as we practice over time, loving kindness tends to become more and more who we are. You will likely find yourself naturally being kinder, more forgiving, and less judgmental to others as well as to yourself. You might notice words or feelings of loving kindness spontaneously appearing in your mind. You might notice yourself reacting with kindness in situations where previously you would have reacted with fear or contempt. When this shift happens over a period of time that differs from person to person, it is startling. When you begin to touch it, however, you know you are touching your deepest capacity for love present within you all the time. A loving kindness practice connect to connect with compassion. One, to begin this practice, let yourself be in a relaxed and comfortable position. Two, bring to mind someone who makes you feel happy the moment you think of them, a relative, a close friend, someone with whom you don't have too complicated a relationship. You can pick a child, or you can always choose a pet, a dog, or a cat, or any creature that is fairly easy to feel love for. Let this person or animal come to mind. If you can, have a sense of this person being in front of you to be felt or sensed or seen. Three, as you imagine this, notice how you are feeling inside. Maybe you feel bodily warmth some heat in your face, or a smile, or a sense of expansiveness. This is loving kindness, a natural feeling that is accessible to anyone at any moment. Four, while imagining your loved one in front of you, begin to wish this person well. May you be safe and protected from danger. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you have ease and well-being. You can use my five. You can use my words or your own words to say what feels meaningful to you. 
As you say these words, have a sense of letting this loving kindness come from you and begin to touch your loved one. You might think in images, you might have a sense of color or light, you might just have a feeling. The words may continue to bring on more of this feeling, and I encourage you to say whatever feels meaningful to you. May you be free from stress and anxiety. May you be free from all, from all fear. Six, as you are sending out these words and these feelings of loving kindness, also check into yourself and see how you're feeling inside. Seven, now imagine that your loved one turns around and begins to send loving kindness back to you. Try to receive this loving kindness as your loved one wishes you well and says, may you be happy, may you be peaceful and at ease. May you be safe and protected from all danger. May you have joy and well-being. Let yourself take it in. If you felt nothing earlier in the meditation and are still not feeling anything at this point, that is not a problem. This is a practice that plants seeds. Eight, and if you are feeling something other than loving kindness, just check into that. What is it you are feeling? There may be something to learn here. You can say, may I hold this to whatever you're feeling with loving kindness. Nine, now try to send loving kindness to yourself. You can imagine it radiating throughout your body from your heart, or you can just have a sense of it. May I be safe and protected from danger. May I be healthy and strong. May I be happy and peaceful. May I accept myself just as I am. You can ask yourself, what do I need to be happy? See what arises and offer that to yourself. May I have meaningful work. May I have a joyful life. May I have close friends and family. Now check into yourself and notice what you feel as you do this. 10. Let yourself bring to mind one person or a group of people to whom you wish to send loving kindness. Imagine them in front of you. Sense them, see them, feel them. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be free from all stress and anxiety, fear, worry, or grief. May you have joy and happiness, well-being. 11. Let this loving kindness expand, spreading out, and touching anyone you want to touch right now. Let it go in all directions, toward people you know, toward people you don't know, toward people you have difficulty with, toward people you love. Imagine expansive and pervasive loving kindness, touching and changing every person and every animal. May everyone everywhere be happy and peaceful and at ease. May we all experience great joy. You can do this practice daily, weekly, or as you feel so inclined. You may wish to do it for several weeks or on an ongoing basis. You can also do loving kindness practice in combination with your mindfulness practice, either beginning or ending the sittings with loving kindness. In that case, just do loving kindness for a few minutes. The full meditation could take up to 10 minutes. Excerpted from Fully Present, The Science, Art, and Practice of Mindfulness by Susan L. Smalley, Ph.D., and Diana Winston, 
copyright 2022, available from Hatchet Go, an imprint of Hatchet Book Group, Inc. About the author, Diana Winston. Diana Winston is the Director of Mindfulness Education at UCLA's Mindfulness Awareness Research Center and author of several books, including The Little Book of Being, Practices and Guidance for Uncovering Your Natural Awareness. About the author, Susan Smalley. Susan L. Smalley, PhD, is Professor Emerita of Psychiatry and founder of the Mindfulness Awareness Research Center, MARC, at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. During her 30-year career as a behavior, behavior geneticist, she received numerous National Institutes of Health, NIH, grants and published extensively on autism, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and mindfulness. She spent the last decade involved in human rights work, supporting women and girls, and investing in companies that focus on wellness. She works to bridge research with action through her involvement at MARC, as well as the UCLA Bidari Kindness Institute that she helped create, dedicated to kindness research and its translation to solve societal problems. She is a mother of three and lives in Los Angeles with her husband. Our next story from Mindful is entitled, A Mindfulness Practice to Meet Tough Emotions with Curiosity. Curiosity is a helpful tool for engaging with our embodied experience, including emotions like sadness, anxiety, or any other unpleasant emotion. Explore this simple exercise to help you shift your attitude toward what you're feeling. By Judson Brewer, September 23rd, 2022. Calm. Over the years, as I've studied how habits work in the brain and ways in which mindfulness can help, I found that curiosity is a simple tool that can help us, regardless of language, culture, and background. It can help us drop directly into our embodied experience. Curiosity helps us tap into our natural capacity for wonder and interest, putting us right in that sweet spot of openness and engagement, even with difficult emotions. From this state of mind, we're more empowered to help ourselves break out of these old habit loops and build new habits of kindness and curiosity. A mindfulness practice to investigate tough emotions. One, find a quiet, comfortable place. You can be sitting, lying down, or even standing up. You just need to be able to concentrate without being distracted. Two, Recall a recent time when you experienced a difficult emotion. You might even be feeling it right now. It could be anxiety. It could be feeling down or sad. See if you can remember the scene, maybe even relive the experience, focusing on what you felt right at that time. Three, check in with your body. What sensations can you feel most strongly right now? Is it tightness? Pressure, contraction, restlessness or burning, tension, clenching or heat, maybe a pit in your stomach or a buzzing or vibration. Simply feel it and get curious. What is most predominant right now? Four, notice where the sensation is in your body. Is it more on the right side or the left side? Is it more in the front, 
the middle or the back of your body? Where do you feel it most strongly? Explore what else you can feel in your body right now. If the sensation is still there, see if you can get curious and notice what else is there as well. Are there other sensations you're feeling? What happens when you get curious about those? Do they change? What happens when you really get curious about what they feel like? Six, simply follow this procedure over the next couple of minutes. See what's most predominant in your experience. What are the sensations? Don't try to do anything about them. Simply observe them. Do they change when you observe them? What happens when you bring a really solid attitude of curiosity? Seven, it's often helpful to check in with your attitude to see if you're truly being curious or trying to be curious. I find it helpful to simply check to see if my mind is going, hmm, what's happening in my body right now, as compared to trying to force myself to be curious. So whether it's out loud or just an inner hmm, you can check from time to time to see if your mind is truly being curious or if it's trying to be curious and thinking too much. Eight, if you notice that you're trying or you're thinking, you can simply get curious about that. Hmm, there's a thought. Hmm, what does trying feel like in my body? Just continue this noticing for the next couple of minutes. And as you practice, whatever the challenging emotion is, simply get curious. Where do I feel it? Do the sensations change over time? Where do I feel the most strongly in my body? As we finish up, I hope this short exercise has helped you get a taste of curiosity as a way to support your natural capacity to be aware of what's, of what's happening in your body right now. Even with challenging emotions, we can bring this attitude of kindness and curiosity to our experience moment to moment. What do I feel? Where do I feel it? What does it feel like? Hmm. And each time we're naturally bringing in that curiosity. If you've noticed that by being curious, you've gained even a microsecond of being aware of those thoughts, those emotions, those body sensations, and that you can actually be with these rather than running away from them, you've taken a huge step forward. Thank yourself for taking this time to take care of yourself and notice what that feels like as well. As you move into the rest of your day, see if you can bring some of this curiosity with you as you go. Each moment, maybe even just taking a moment to notice when you're caught up in an emotion or when you're resisting something, or maybe drop in a little, hmm, what does this feel like? And see what happens next. Onward, about the author, Judson Brewer. About Dr. Brewer, Judson Brewer, MD, PhD, is a thought leader in the field of habit change and the science of self-mastery, having combined over 20 years of experience with mindfulness training with his scientific research therein. A professor and researcher at the Mindfulness Center at Brown University, he has developed clinically proven app-based training to help people with emotional eating, www.goeatrightnow.com, and anxiety, www.unwindinganxiety.com. 
He is the author of The Craving Mind, From Cigarettes to Smartphones to Love, Why We Get Hooked and How We Can Break Bad Habits. New Haven, Yale University Press, 2017. Well, we won't have time for any greater good stories this week, but this is a story I've been hanging on to from the Good News Network. This appeared uh, in 2021 in their all-news USA and inspiring sections. Thousands have donated $1.6 million to innocent man freed from prison after 43-year wrongful conviction by Andy Corbley, November 30th, 2021. An innocent man who served 43 years in prison for a triple murder he did not commit was finally released from a Missouri penitentiary. Missouri law states that only DNA evidence can lead to someone wrongfully imprisoned receiving $50 per day of post-conviction confinement. Kevin Strickland was not freed that way. So to help him on his way, a GoFundMe campaign was launched, and it has raised $1.65 million from caring strangers. Strickland was sent to prison in 1979, but has maintained his innocence for four decades. He was charged for the murder of three people, and an eyewitness, Cynthia Douglas, was pressured by police to pick Strickland out of a lineup after he was arrested merely on a hunch. He said he was watching television at the time, and no physical evidence ever linked him to the crime scene. Ms. Douglas would later approach the Missouri Innocence Project with the desire to recant her testimony, but died before she was able to. Her children stated it was her will to see Strickland be freed, which prompted a re-examination of his case leading to his release. Among the fundraisers, fundraisers contributors were moving, moving messages of support. Douglas Newell donated $25 saying, realizing how many people have contributed to this cause and reading through some of the messages has made my heart feel at least a little bit better. I hope it does the same for Kevin. Look forward, wrote Will, William Elliott alongside his $100 donation. Don't allow yourself to be a prisoner of the past. You are now in charge of your life. Live boldly. Blackstone's ratio, written in 1760, says, the law holds that it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than that one innocent suffer. U.S. founding father Benjamin Franklin took that principle further, turning 10 into 100. And in that spirit, the fundraiser has seen 29,000 people step in to do their part hoping to make up for the flaws in their society. Be generous with the good news. Share this story. And we'll close with an amazing story from the Good News Network. This appeared in GNN's All News, Animals, and Top Videos section. Kayaker singing in hopes of attracting beluga whales never imagined they were actually listening. By Andy Corbley, February 6th, 2023. A kayaker got more than he bargained for when he set off hoping to encounter some beluga whales. His innovative approach of conducting marine biology by singing at the top of his lungs actually managed to draw in a pod of these smaller whales who began to interact with his kayak. After a period of elation and disbelief, 
He threw on a scuba mask and began to dive and swim near the animals, singing as he went. In the most incredible interspecies duet one is likely to hear, the belugas actually began to sing back to him with their chirps and trills. We'll leave it to the scientists to make determinations of what exactly these intelligent marine mammals were doing, but beluga whales do communicate via high-frequency sounds that could resemble singing in the auditory environment of the ocean. Thank you for joining us for the Conscious Living Program. My name is Rebecca Friedman. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.